This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal. Hi, friend. We often see people with obesity coming up in jokes and being made fun of. And this obviously is not appropriate. And in my opinion, this is kind of akin to making fun of someone with a heart attack or you know, diabetes or high blood pressure. To discuss this very important topic, I have Dr. Sarah Smith back on my podcast. But before we go further, I just want to remind you all that I have set a goal for at least a thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts in 2021. I know this sounds very, very bold on my part. But if you're liking this podcast, please help me get to my goal. Please do go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. Now, Dr. Sarah Smith is a board certified obesity medicine physician and is also a life coach. She does one-on-one coaching to help people with obesity. And I'm so happy that she's back on our podcast to discuss this very, very important topic. Welcome back, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me, Avishkar. I'm really excited to talk about this topic. Yeah, this is something, you know, that is very close to my heart and I'm very passionate about. People with obesity come up so often in jokes and so often they're ridiculed. And it's not just jokes that people are cracking. It's even, you know, the stage comedians, they often will make fun of people with obesity. And it's so important to understand that, you know, this is kind of undermining the fact that it is a disease. And, you know, we should just have talk on this and discuss this and bring it out in the open so that people can know more about this. So it's so great to have you, you know, back on this podcast while we discuss this, what we call weight bias. So let's help our listeners understand what exactly is weight bias. Absolutely. Weight bias is the negative attitudes, beliefs, preconceived judgments, and discrimination based on someone's body size or weight. It is very common in the United States and shows up in a lot of different settings, including healthcare, but also in school, employment, and at home. Yeah, it's so amazing, right? Even in healthcare, where we have physicians who are trained to help people kind of have this bias. And it may be just because of the fact that it's kind of become culturally accepted in our society. What do you think about that? Absolutely. In the healthcare setting, it is very common to see weight bias. And I think that a lot of this is based on beliefs that are passed on among physicians and other healthcare providers. Many physicians, nurses, dietitians, and other healthcare providers have stereotypical beliefs related to weight, relate, often saying that people with obesity are lazy or they have no willpower. A lot of times, physicians are actually direct sources of harmful comments, and they think that by saying some of these things, it actually motivates patients to lose weight. Yeah, I think it's so important to understand this, right? Because it's not just about weight. A lot of times when we make negative comments, we may have good intentions, but that may not necessarily be what will work for the other person. And it's so important to realize that that may actually have an opposite effect on the person. Absolutely. The studies show that when patients are experiencing weight bias, they feel berated, disrespected. They're reluctant to talk to their doctors about weight. They feel blamed, dismissed, and it actually can lead to more maladaptive eating behaviors. 
right? And I'm just curious, you know, do you know how it started in this society? What caused this to develop? So weight bias is caused by negative beliefs in society. And a lot of the big drivers for weight bias is tied to media. So when you look at what's put on television and also on social media, the messages that are being put out there about weight, you see that people that have obesity are often portrayed as kind of stereotypically lazy or jolly. There are a lot of jokes made at their expense. And even on the news, when they talk about obesity, oftentimes you see bodies. You don't see the heads. You see cutoff heads. And you have basically have dehumanized the people that are on the news. And so I think having a lot of these messages on the media, it's almost become socially acceptable to go and follow a lot of these beliefs. Yeah, I think you raised a very valid point there, Sarah. And I think if you look at it from another perspective, if you look at the models that are portrayed these days, now a lot of these images, mind you, are Photoshop, right? But if you compare that to, say, the magazines of the 1950s, 1940s, the, the body image that is portrayed is very different. And a slightly heavier body was acceptable in the magazines in the 1950s and 40s, which is not the case now. Absolutely. The message we have about what an ideal body is, is actually not really attainable for anyone. And even the models that are very thin are, like you said, photoshopped. And so a lot of times we're getting messages about what we should look like based on people that aren't even showing their true selves. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, you know, it has a very negative impact on people. I'm just curious in your practice, if you've experienced this with your patients where they've come to you talking about this and how do you, what do they have to say about this? Oh, absolutely. We know that weight bias is very harmful in medicine, that patients tend to have higher blood pressure, higher rates of depression, anxiety, suicidality, and they actually tend to have shorter appointments, are less likely to get their preventative services like mammograms and pap smears, are less likely to get intervention. When patients come in to see me for weight, Often I hear stories of going to different doctor's offices looking for answers to different pains that they're having. A lot of patients say that they maybe will go see an orthopedist who will maybe not even examine whatever their issue is. I had one patient that was having pretty significant knee pain and their appointment lasted five minutes. The doctor basically told her to go ahead and lose weight and then come back once she had lost the weight and said, that once she did that, she would feel a lot better, but she didn't even take the time to examine the patient. So I hear stories like this, and I realize that a lot of these patients not only are having a lot of shame and blame after the appointments, but there's also a situation where they're going to have misdiagnoses. Right. And I think it's important to kind of distinguish the fact that it's a disease and it needs to be treated. But obviously, that doesn't mean that if you're suffering from obesity, that's okay. You should do something about it, in my opinion, if you think that you need to do something about it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to berate the other person, right? Absolutely. And I think that's where a lot of these beliefs come from, too, is that if we think that obesity is somehow because of the patient's lack of willpower or laziness, then we're putting the blame on them. But we know as obesity medicine providers that obesity is multifactorial and very complex. It's a medical condition. And so we can't blame the patient. We have to really look at it from all angles. 
Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. We always say that you need to lose the weight, but nobody says you need to lower your blood pressure. You know, as providers, we'll say, okay, we'll give you these medications to help you lower the blood pressure. But when it comes to obesity, we as medical providers say you need to lose the weight as if the entire responsibility is on the patient's shoulder, which may not necessarily be the case. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times doctors may oversimplify how people should lose weight. Another patient of mine told me that she went to another physician who told her to lose weight and said, you need to exercise more and eat less. And she showed me her food journal and she was eating something like 900 calories a day. And she was probably exercising between an hour and two hours a day. And it just shows you that weight gain is so multifactorial. But for this doctor to just be very dismissive and say, you just need to exercise more and and eat less, that really isn't giving her any helpful information. Yeah, and that's so true. And you know, the other thing is that even if the patient says that, a lot of times the perception that we as providers may have is that probably the patient is lying. And that's kind of very difficult to understand because, you know, the patient may not necessarily be lying about it. And here on the other end, without actually knowing what's going on, there's a perception that the patient is probably lying. Right. And I think having a patient-doctor relationship where you are assuming that the patient is lying is not really opening up a good dialogue and isn't necessarily the healthiest relationship from the start. So I agree. I think it's important to listen to what the patient says and maybe offer advice on how they could lose weight if that's something they even want to discuss. A lot of times doctors talk about weight even if it's unrelated to what's bringing the patient in the first place. Yeah, and you know, I'll be very honest, before I actually read about obesity medicine or actually learned about obesity as a disease, I used to think that the onus would be on me or on the person who was suffering from obesity to actually lose the weight. So basically just buying into the fact that you need to just eat less and exercise more. And the onus was entirely on the person. But, you know, I realized that just by changing terminology from calling somebody obese versus calling somebody suffering from obesity makes such a big difference, right? I mean, here you are kind of taking the blame away from the person and kind of associating a disease kind of a situation with the person. Absolutely. This is something called people first language. And I think it's a good tool for a lot of physicians to use when they are discussing people with obesity. So we want to make sure that we put the person first and not their diagnosis. If you had someone who had cancer, you would say she has cancer. You wouldn't say she is cancerous. If you have someone who has obesity, you would say she has obesity, not she is obese. Ultimately, you're no longer labeling the individual by their medical condition. Yeah, and just for people to know, because a lot of times people may have the best intentions, but may not necessarily use the best words for lack of knowledge. So what are some of the statements that may reflect weight bias? There are a lot of different ways weight bias can be reflected. You can have overt weight bias, which could be very blaming, shameful statements directed at the person. You can make jokes on their behalf. And a lot of things that you see on the media and social media are very overt. But there can be subtle forms of weight bias as well. And this could be not having gowns in in the doctor's office that fit properly, or not having a blood pressure cuff that will actually measure blood pressure on your patient. Sometimes you can see subtle body language if you see someone on an airplane that is being, sometimes it could be something as subtle as an eye roll on the airplane. And weight bias really can show up in a lot of different ways. 
Yeah, and it's very important to understand. And I'm glad that you mentioned about the gowns and you know sometimes even the chairs that we have in our offices, and also sometimes even the weighing scales that we have because they may not necessarily you know measure the may not go all the way up till the person's weight, and that kind of can be an embarrassing situation for the patient himself or herself, right? And you're really right when you say that it's also about the body language that we portray because a body language does convey a lot of our communication, right? So that's such an important thing to understand. It does not necessarily mean the words, but also means the non-verbal communication that we have with each other as humans. And that's so important to understand that coming from a perspective of empathy for the person, because, you know, really, it's kind of like judging somebody prematurely and not knowing what really they're going through, in my opinion, not the right way to do things. Yes. And when we think back about the doctor's office. I know I talked a little bit about the gowns and you mentioned the skills, but there are a lot of other ways in the doctor's office that it's important to think about weight bias. So having a scale that accommodates our patients and a blood pressure cuff that accommodates our patients, having appropriate gowns where people can feel really comfortable, even something as simple as in the waiting room, having chairs that can accommodate our patients can be really, really helpful. Patients do not want to be in a chair that is not accommodating. And I think it's really important to think about all of those factors when you think about what is ideal for your patients. No, I agree. I mean, this is so important because all of these are subtle things wherein somebody may, may just feel unwelcome in that place, right? I mean, at the end of the day, when they're coming to a doctor's appointment, they're coming for their health checkup. And that's the last place they want to feel unwelcome, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm just wondering, you know, you have obesity medicine practice, right? So how do you or how does your staff incorporate this into the practice? And the reason why I'm asking this is so that if there are any physicians listening to this podcast, they can understand like some of the ways that they can incorporate this into their practice so that they can help their patients better. So one of the things that I do with my staff is to make sure that we're using appropriate language, we're not judging people, and also asking permission. And for primary care doctors, obesity medicine doctors, and specialists all alike, starting off by just simply asking a patient if they want to get weighed, if they feel comfortable even discussing their weight. If a patient's coming in to get their throat checked out because they're worried that they have strep throat, maybe they don't want to get on the scale. And I think it's appropriate to ask permission to do those things. It's also really important for people in healthcare to become aware of their own personal biases really work on educating yourself about this and also educating others. Again, working with your staff. And if you work with medical students, it's a perfect opportunity to start to change weight bias. So the more you talk about it, the more we become aware of this as an issue in society, the better. Yeah, I think you raise a very, very profound point that, you know, it should start really at the grassroots level. It should start at the medical school level wherein we're teaching medical students to kind of keep the patients first and understand this is kind of a disease. It's not necessarily the patient's fault. And there are so many other reasons why obesity can show up, right? It can be an emotionally distressing situation that manifests as obesity, right? And the other thing that you really pointed out very well, I think, was that, you know, we really need to understand our personal biases. So if your personal bias is showing up when you're seeing a patient, and be that with obesity, be that for anything, I think what may be helpful may be just to pause and understand what's going on internally. And once you're aware of what's going on internally, I think it's probably better equipped to handle that situation. 
Yes, I agree 100%. I think that the more aware of our own biases, the more we can educate ourselves and educate others, the better. So, Sarah, and you know, the other thing is that we talked about healthcare a lot, but how does it manifest globally or how does it manifest in other fields or other professions around the world? Absolutely. Weight bias can show up in all aspects of a person's life is often seen in school settings. Interestingly, it can start as early as preschool where students are discriminated against or they're bullied. And there's evidence that teachers even have beliefs about their students and their academic accomplishments and how smart they are based on what their weight is. In the work setting, we see a lot of discrimination related to hiring and salaries Interestingly, the discrepancy is more pronounced in women, where there is up to a 15% salary difference in women that are of normal weight versus women with obesity. We also see fewer promotions and higher rates of firing in people with obesity. In the home, we often see family members who make harmful comments, often thinking that they're going to be helping motivate their loved ones. And then... As we've discussed in media, you see a lot of stereotyping of characters. You see a lot of jokes that are at people with obesity's expense and headless people that you see on the news. You know, you raise a very valid point, Sarah, that, you know, if it starts at the school level or at even at preschool level, it's so important to understand that those are the formative years of the children, right? And the development is going to be very different for somebody who's living with these biases. And the fact that you mentioned that, you know, women with obesity have a lower pay compared to women without obesity. And just the thought came to my mind that we already have a gender bias in this society, right? So there is already a lower pay for women compared to men. And then on top of that, you add this obesity. So it just, it is so profound. And it's so important to understand this whenever we're making these decisions, that if this is a personal bias that's coming up, we just need to take a step back, pause and understand that this is a personal bias that may be playing into this decision that we're taking about somebody else. Sarah, you know, we've talked so much about this, but what's the data behind this? Do we have any studies showing how it impacts the delivery of healthcare or the utilization of healthcare in people? Yeah, so a lot of times doctors think that by trying to help patients that they will have an improvement in weight loss efforts, but the studies are actually showing that the patients who experience weight bias in the healthcare setting tend to have less weight loss, more maladaptive eating behaviors like binge eating, crash dieting, emotional eating. They actually tend to avoid exercise. And the end result is often weight gain rather than weight loss. There was also a study by Poole who found that 53% of people with overweight or obesity reported having at least one inappropriate comment from a doctor about their weight. Wow. Wow. That's so profound because we all want to help our patients, but that might actually end up harming them. And that is so important to understand. You know, Sarah, we've covered so much in this discussion so far. And, you know, I'm just wondering, what's the way forward? So, you know, we know what not to do, but what can people do and how can people talk to people with obesity and about people with obesity so that they feel more comfortable and more accepted. So that, you know, that's a very big part of actually moving forward. Once you are accepted as somebody who has a medical condition, then somebody takes a step forward, right? So how do people start talking about this? 
Well, the first thing you can do, again, is to become aware of your own personal biases. Educate yourself about this as an issue. And when you're talking with somebody with obesity, if you're a healthcare provider, you can ask permission to discuss the weight. You also can focus more on promoting health rather than focusing on losing weight and really make sure that there's no blaming and shaming language. You don't want to be perpetuating stereotypes. You want to stop if you see a joke or something that's inappropriate, and you can draw attention to the fact that it is inappropriate. Also, make sure that you are paying attention, again, if you're a healthcare provider, to the office equipment you have. You can make sure that you're asking permission to discuss the topic in general and When it comes to educating yourself, the Obesity Action Coalition is an amazing organization that has a lot of information on weight bias. The Obesity Action Coalition has pictures that you can use that are weight bias free that show patients with obesity that you can use versus the headless images that we often see in media. Yeah. And you know, I'll be very honest. When I started out my podcast, the image that I use was very different. And it was pointed out to me and I was so embarrassed because, you know, I was just starting out as an obesity medicine talk and I felt really embarrassed doing that because that's the last thing that I intended to do was kind of have an image portraying somebody that essentially a headless image of somebody and not at all my intention to do that. And that's when I realized this fact that, you know, we may have the best intentions, but we may not know how to take the action. And that's why I thought, this would be such an important episode to do because not everybody has malintentions. And, you know, as physicians, we want to do the best for our patients, but we need to know how to do the best for our patients before we can do that, right? So this is why this topic is so, so important and so dear to my heart because this was actually pointed out to me and I took corrective action immediately and, you know, changed my podcast cover art around it. And I made sure whatever posts that I post on my social media are actually appropriate because I do not, that's the last thing that I want to portray is a wrong image of people with obesity because this is a very, very sensitive issue and I completely understand and I empathize with all the patients that, you know, suffer from obesity. Wow, this has been a great discussion today. I hope you all find this useful and I hope you can employ some of these methods in your conversations with people with obesity. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me today and discussing this very, very important topic. Well, that's all we have time for today. I'll see you all next time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.